Hi, everyone, and welcome to the COVID-19 Vaccine Show. And I'm excited to welcome to the program, Dr. Mark Hayden. Dr. Mark, uh, this topic's interesting, as you have uh, on the screen measles. So today's topic be, what does measles teach us about SARS-CoV-2? How are you, Dr. Mark? I'm feeling great. How are you doing? Good, good, good. So, Greg, right off the bat, can you... Um, Dr. Hayden, inhale SARS-CoV-2 if Dr. Hayden had mucosal lung immunity? Actually, I can. Now, number one, if you don't have immunity and you inhale SARS-CoV-2 down into your deep lungs, you may get the COVID comp pulmonary complications and you may wind up in ICU or, you know, at the funeral home. But um, because I have intestinal immunity, intestinally a derived immunity. I, I inhale it every chance I get. I don't have to be afraid of it. I see patients that are in active phase without a mask. Uh, I believe in intestinal immunity far more than any of the big pharma people believe in their vaccines. You don't see any of the, the big executives inhaling vaccines. I mean, inhaling live virus. They're all afraid they're going to die because they don't consider that to absolutely protect their lungs. And uh, at the same time, because I have antibodies in my lungs, they will attach to any of the virus, SARS-CoV-2 virus that I inhale. So literally I can have somebody inhale in my face and I'm not gonna be spreading it to anybody. The, the, the modern vaccines, they can't claim that. They can't demonstrate that. Okay, so it's not that I'm a genius, these are things that if you study the material and you understand that there's a difference between intestinal derived immunity and intramuscular immunity, that you will begin to begin to grasp how you can inoculate yourself and you can call your government and ask them to get on uh, oral agents instead of stuff we shoot in our arms. Okay. So um, now ask me another question. Does Dr. Hayden spread SARS after he inhales it. Can Absolutely. Dr. Hayden eat SARS? No. Okay, so oh. Yeah, let me tell you, when, let's say you, if you breathe it in my face, some of it gets in my mouth and I swallow it. That doesn't bother me at all. I don't spit on people. I don't cough on people. So it, my saliva doesn't come out in Cogram. Uh, but they don't, the only way SARS is really spread is really from the exhalation of charged virus. And on my antivirus air website, I go into that. Uh, I think we need to understand, and I don't know whether I've ever discussed this. Uh, the, the government is not real into you understanding how to disseminate and spread potentially fatal pathogens. Okay, they don't want you to be able to spread anthrax and weaponize anthrax. You know, the reality is though anthrax was never all that good at, at killing a bunch of people. There's never been thousands or tens of thousands of people killed. And all that excuse about not ed educating the public is really about, oh, we want to protect the public from dangerous knowledge that they might use to hurt other people. The reality is, is that, you know, unless you're talking about VX gas, which is already a gas, or you're talking about mustard gas, which is, which is a very dangerous gas, Biological agents are just difficult to spread. We've never had a, a, a biological weapon that was very useful for targeting. Now, if you look at this virus, this virus has done much more damage, but we don't hear any conversations about 
how it's aerosolized or why it's aerosolized. You know, one of the things I did was I talked on antivirus air about how you can exhale live virus. Well, maybe that freaks out the people at, you know, Fort Detrick in the army, or maybe it freaks out the CDC, but people have a right to know how processes spread. You can't keep the population stupid just because you don't want them to be able to have knowledge that they could misuse. I think that's, there's something ethically unwrong. There's something ethically wrong with that. People have to be under, have to be able to understand things for themselves to make educated decisions. And that is what we need to do. We need to educate people. And that's why we're on this measles website. Can yeah. Dr. Hayden eat SARS? Yeah, I can eat SARS all the time. And in fact, uh, I was talking to some friends of mine and they're older people and they were thinking about the vaccine. And I told them, you know, probably won't do you that much harm and probably won't do you that much good either. But, you know, you're welcome to try it, you know, freedom of choice. And I told them if they do get a positive, they can come and stay with me. Almost everybody in my family is actually immune at this point using inoculation. So we're not afraid of my father-in-law coming over or my mother-in-law coming over when she's infected. We even let our, our, some of our longstanding patients that we're great friends with come over. So that doesn't bother us at all. So at any rate, let me go get my battery charger for this thing. I'm about to about to die on the vine here. I'll be back in 60 seconds, okay? Now I'm back in. I'm back online. You there? Yes, I am. All right. Now ask, uh, ask me another question. Okay. So back to the next question involving uh, uh, is measles spread as an aerosol? You know, here's what I wanted y'all to hear. Okay. Originally, if you remember back, one of the biggest arguments was it's an aerosol. It is spread as an aerosol. And it's spread because in your alveolus, your alveolus vibrates when you make noise and you're able to literally exhale charged particles. And I actually applied for a patent for that over in China. Now they denied that it was an aerosol because they were trying to sell people on the idea of surgical mask. And surgical mask may make you feel like you're part of the community, but they have minimal and I do mean minimal effect on preventing the spread of that, of that virus. And the virus is, is cur currently mutating into forms that are better aerosols. It's better at spreading. And they still are not talking specifics. All they'll do is Fauci will come out and say, you know, uh, guess what? It's spread more rapidly now. And, and it's much more rapidly spread. Well, you know, there's this case over in China. There's one, one person spread it to 100 people. 
Well, to actually immunize, once it becomes that permissible, you would have to immunize 99% of the population if it's at one person could spread to every hundred, if that becomes the average. Those type of vaccine numbers have never been reached. You know, we have measles on our screen. The reason measles is, is measles aerosol spread. It is, it is ex exactly aerosol spread. And so measles hasn't been stamped out and neither is SARS-CoV-2 gonna be stamped out. Now go ahead and ask, ask me the ne next question there, champ. Is SARS-CoV-2 spread as an aerosol? Yes. And that is something that measles and SARS both share. Measles can stay in the air two hours. Somebody breathed into the air, or then you could walk back through that air two hours later and you could inhale it. In super spreader events, that was probably going on. And what we, hey, guess what? Fauci won't even come out and explain to the American public what a super spreader event is. Oh, he's so smart. He's doing such a great job. They're going to keep him on. Yes. And yet there's no honest conversations, is there? There's no real experimentations to either prove or disprove ideas. You know, uh, it, it just, to me, it's, it's, it's pathetic. But yes, it is. Measles is spread as an aerosol, and so is SARS-CoV-2. And SARS-CoV-2 becomes better at spreading all the time because it's, it's better at becoming an aerosol and staying as an aerosol. Go right ahead. So that's interesting. And so basically, you talked about, again, uh, SARS-CoV-2 uh, can stay in the air longer. So that's super spare. Where is, where is measles site of entry? Okay, here's what's strange, okay? Uh, and they want to all call this a, quote, natural phenomenon. Oh, just, you know, evolution, what, what they would call. Yeah, I bet. Okay, measles spreads through the first mucosa it contacts. It goes in right through your nose and through your mouth. And it really doesn't multiply in your mouth or on the surface of your nose. That is very different from SARS-CoV-2. It actually, you have to inhale it and it, it doesn't really multiply that very good at all on your nose or your mouth or down in your trachea or your, your small airways. It has to reach that distant, distant, very deep alveolus. And once it gets there though, it can multiply you know, a thousand fold every 12 hours. And so in three days, you go from having one in a location to maybe nine, 10 million or nine or 10 billion or billions of them. And that's what happens. So it is, it is measles goes right into the, to the serum. Okay. Now, next question. All right. So we saw, so you talked about, does it go, uh, so go systematic. So measles is uh, basically a, we talked about that. measles reproduces inside your system past your epithelium SARS-CoV-2 where it does you the most harm is when it hasn't even crossed the epithelial border when it's still on the surface of your alveolar lung and that surface is very super thin imagine saran wrap we know how thin saran wrap is it would be dozens of times thinner well ah, it's got to be thinner much thinner than saran wrap literally and that virus is growing on there. And then when the saran wrap vibrates because of sound in your chest, it breaks the virus loose. Okay. So basically, where is SARS-CoV-2 site of entry? You kind of explained that already. Does inhaled COVID enter the lungs? 
you know, let's say, when does somebody really have problems? So if somebody comes to me and says, you know, I've contacted SARS-CoV-2, it's up in my mouth. If you do the chest CTs and you're not getting any growth down in your alveolus, guess what? You're not going to have, you're going to have very limited disease. If, however, you reach billions and billions and billions in your lungs down deep in there, you got problems. And the problem is, is that when you do begin to attack that infection, you're going to tear your lungs up. Those little alveoli are going to be nothing but sacks full of virus. They're going to rupture. They're going to tear up. They're going to go all through your system. And your body's going to have this huge immune reaction that's going to tear your system up. You're going to have wind up with lung problems and all sorts of other problems because it multiplied into billions while it was still on the surface before it ever passed into your bloodstream well. Does that, is that starting to, now measles is different. Measles, it goes first day, gets on your nose, hits your bloodstream, starts spreading all around. That is not the way. We have this long latent period with SARS-CoV-2. Uh, and actually SARS-CoV-2 is the first in world history to bypass the upper mucosa and go all the way down and only multiply for the most part down in the deep alveolus. That is the first one. And we do know it grows real well in the intestine and that's how you develop intestinal immunity. That type of spread, that type of pathology is not present in measles. Right, so it says how, so basically, where is this, you talked about the site multiplication of measles. So what's, where is the site multiplication for measles versus COVID? Okay, once measles gets on your nose, it passes into your bloodstream and starts multiplying inside your body. That means that if you already had antibodies to it, you can mount a fairly rapid immune response with, with serum antibodies. Guess what? When COVID is multiplying into billions in your lungs, you don't, it doesn't matter. It may, it doesn't matter whether you have serum antibodies that won't protect you. You need mucosal antibodies. It's a mucosal defense. Okay. So there is a huge, a big difference in the way those, the pathogenesis of those two diseases. How long does COVID multiply on the alveus, alveus surface of lung? You know, it grows, remember, that asymptomatic phase that you have with SARS-CoV-2, that asymptomatic phase can last three, four, five days, sometime a week. And the longer it's there, it's growing and, and person is, is invisibly exhaling all that virus. That is not the case in measles. Now, measles is eventually spread by an aerosol. Here's my explanation for that. As measles goes through your nose, it gets in your bloodstream. And then your bloodstream spreads it back up to your lungs days or weeks later. So then it's growing all over your body. And your lungs, which have acquired it from your bloodstream, begin to exhale the virus into the room. So you can actually begin to exhale it, probably using noise too. Now, nobody's done the uh, positive exhalation of measles. And, you know, I guess the CDC would freak out even using those terms, but, um, you know, they can go to my website and study some of my stuff. So, uh, you know, these are, these are, but you have to get into the pathogenesis and how this virus is spread. You have to educate people that just because you're getting a serum vaccine that might protect your serum, it could also sensitize you or make it worse 
when you have a billion viruses in your lung. That's not been ruled out at all. So imagine this, imagine hundreds of millions of people getting a vaccine that gives them more serum antibodies, and yet they cannot stop it from initially multiplying in their lungs. On this initial infection, what about the next year or the next six months? If they don't treat it as a mucosal disease and it eventually multiplies into billions, then they may, potentially I use the word M-A-Y, may, actually have a worse hypersensitive reaction when they get the disease. And that is what they don't talk to you about. You know, all, and you know, here's the thing. Um, the best way to prove things is with real people. They don't even have testing programs for real people. You're not seeing them experiment on prisoners. They won't even experiment on normal Americans who, who want to volunteer. You know, the only people who've been experimenting with live virus in the United States has been me on me. What does that say about the people right, exactly. who are supposed to protect you? It's just, oh, we, they don't want to bend their ethical rules. You know, oh, tell me about their ethical rules when they give people immunity, when they make vaccines, they allow them to make, they can make false statements and never be held criminally liable. And then they're going to give them incentive with billions of dollars. That's who you're going to turn over your system to. And that's the system's already been turned over to them. And then people are surprised that, hey, guess what? It's still here. And that they don't have answers. Yeah, that, that's right. That's the way the- Exactly. Is yeah. measles a mucosal disease? It is not a mucosal disease. Measles doesn't grow on the surface of your nose. It doesn't grow on the surface of your lungs. It grows inside your system. So because you have systemic bloodstream antibodies, that works very well at stamping it out. Measles vaccine is very well tolerated, lasts a lifetime. Guess what? All bets are off on COVID doing that. Dream on, dream on, baby. It may even make the reaction worse in, in the next two or three rounds. And they won't prove it one way or another because, oh, they're so good at the CDC. They have their ethical rules they go by. They don't test it on themselves or anybody else. You know, it amazed me. The U.S. executed a woman who had mental problems. And yet, oh, guess what? They're willing to kill a, a woman with mental problems by execution, but they won't allow prisoners. They won't allow U.S people to volunteer for research that's that's that uh, boggles my mind but it's just typical about oh guess what it's that, yeah that's the way they roll so why that's does right. measles vaccine work so well because since measles is a systemic multiplier in other words it multiplies inside your system you can give that as an im shot and as long as and it's like 95 98 effective it's way up there in effectiveness you would literally have to inoculate 90% of the people or 95% of the people to keep it from spreading in a population. But once they're inoculated, guess what? It'll last them a lifetime. What they also knew and what Fauci, he acts like, he's not that stupid. I know he knows this. He is, he played, oh, he won't give you facts and details, but, and oh yeah, he knew that once it was an aerosol, it would become better and better at spreading as an aerosol. He knew that the other aerosol spread, which was measles, required a 90% vaccination rate to try to stamp it out. 
he knew, Fauci knew, that likely once and once a, a disease is spread expertly as an aerosol, your vaccination rates would have to be 90%. Well, guess what? Unless they vaccinate 90% of the whole entire world at one time with an effective mucosal, right. it won't stop. Exactly. It ain't stopping, Jack. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you already uh, could answer that question. Has measles been eliminated? The answer is no. No. So will a serum response stop alveolar growth of COVID virus? You know, a lot of rabbit studies and mouse studies don't show that it does. And in fact, when the when the vaccine companies came out, I will give them this. They could have just lied through their teeth. But instead of lying, they kind of get the, their friends in the media or some doctor who doesn't know what he's talking about, put him on, on their favorite TV show, on their media that they sponsor and, and, and support. Big farmers got friends in big media. And what they'll do is they'll put, they never claimed on the emergency use authorization that it prevent the spread. I myself have, have seen at least, we've had, know of three people who came in and had all been vaccinated. And guess what? They're still spreading. And they're having some disease symptoms that may or may not be related to it. The vaccine, the intramuscular vaccines are probably, if I had to guess, they're probably about all as a one IM to another IM vaccine is probably going to have about the same efficiency on reducing overall severity of symptoms. So the reason why Pfizer and Moderna claimed such great numbers was Pfizer and Moderna was getting paid billions of dollars and had total immunity from any type of, 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 of protection for making false statements or doing information that was deliberately misleading. Over in China and Russia, their numbers on their vaccines are marginal, but at least their types of vaccines have been around a lot longer and been a lot, much more well-known. Are different diseases caused by unrelated virus? What's that? Are different diseases caused by unrelated viruses? You know, um, I, I don't, I, I, I sent that question to you. I, I can't quite figure out what was on my mind there. So ask me another one. Okay, so what I think we're running out of time. We could go for this, but basically we're finding out that basically measles and 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 SARS-CoV-2 are different in certain ways to finish up this episode. And that basically a vaccine will work much better for measles based on how people contract it. Yes, and because it grows in your bloodstream. And the type SARS-CoV-2 grows on your mucosa. So if you don't have a mucosal defense, you won't stop it from spreading. And the only way in which vaccines would ever work to eliminate it is to stop the mucosal spread. And guess what? They're not even concentrating on mucosal vaccines. Are these people just stupid or do they not care or they just they can't think without somebody paying them and telling them what to say? I don't know, but that's the way it is. All right. Best place we can find information on you, Marcus, go where? Uh, you, know, you can look at the Antivirus Air website. I love it. You know, I think it is, goes direct, directly into aerosol and aerosol spread. Uh, you can also go to my, my Twitter page, uh, and I'm working on updating my digestivecovid.com. But there are solutions. We've had a lot of different. You can also go uh, on um, uh, Wynn's web, website. He's got some great stuff and great programs we've put out there. All right. Well, fantastic. Appreciate you stopping by and look forward to our next conversation. Sounds great. You take care now. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.